Hey, show them what your name is. Do you have a man who you came with? It's all good. Welcome back, y'all. Street Academy Podcast, where we keep one foot in the academy and one foot in the streets. Man, we back. The family is back on, y'all. We, we, we took a break. Yeah, We're not in person, but we back to the to the core three of us. Because mm-hmm. y'all, y'all know the last episode, we split. So it was... Yeah, y'all saw it. Yeah, we split. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we had to split up. So it's been a couple of weeks. Y'all, how y'all feeling? Oh, you know how they say summer vacation? Mm-hmm. I ain't seen vacation yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen summer, but not the vacation. <laughs> and for me, but I'm like, take some break. I'm just yeah. feeling the need for this vacation. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just feeling like the the fatigue it's just like yes summer comes just to relax like i'm just so ready for some relaxation yeah yeah well that was a little i am not interested in quarantining and being back inside like i've had enough yeah plenty for a lot so done Mm -hmm. (laughs) thinking of things that people do inside of quarantine today Today's episode is nice on. transition. <laughs> Let's go. And that's why ever is. I haven't even said the words yet. <laughs> we knew where you were going, Amber. You knew where I was going. I'm going to write it on the piece of paper because you know this is secret and people don't like to say this word. And so I'm just going to write it on the paper. Ooh, this will be a great screenshot. Mm-hmm. Write it on this a, paper. Yeah. That's what talking about. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Okay. How beautiful people. Hey. That used to be my jam. How old was we when that song came out? Like, I had four. four. <laughs> we could have been listening to it. We was like, what sex, mommy? Um, so <laughs> that's our question today. What is sex, mommy? So we are starting off with origin stories about great title. Sex. Keep that in mind. What is where sex? did you learn about it? How did you learn about it? What did you think it was? What was your story? Did somebody sit you down? Did you just learn it from your from your friends? What is sex? mommy or daddy let's go with a sex mommy or daddy so that's our story that is our question for the opening of our series about sex so there will be a few episodes us unpacking this taboo subject that's taboo yet the most talked about one of the most talked about subjects on the planet besides money so Mm. let's get into it here at the street academy podcast so first off of course off the georgia dome quick thoughts what is sex mommy or daddy john <laughs> man Please. um what is sex off the georgia dome i'm tr- okay the first thing that comes to my mind is the first time somebody told me about sex which was like formally which was my dad and we had like a i, I actually don't even remember a lot about what he said he just kind of told me what it was like it was when the penis goes in the vagina because i think i said i was like 10 or 11 and I said it was when like two people hunch. I think I said hunch on top of each other, or something like that. <laughs> and he was like, you know, yeah, no, it's when the hunching. Right, right. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And um, 
he he had like a it was more of um kind of like the the formal kind of way in which you talk about sex um and that was it that's that's what i remember about what is sex mommy what is sex daddy yeah just that right. quick conversation mm. um sex is something that is taboo that should be way more normal like should be normalized a lot more that's my quick georgia dome we're gonna get into some details as we go but my quick off georgia dome is georgia dome <laughs> i'm gonna have all kind of sex jokes <laughs> I forgot who we were talking the to right quick. <laughs> in this series. You just went to middle school. Quick. I'm going, yeah. I'm, you going to yeah. see yeah. John yeah. 12 and a half. That's what you're going to see. <laughs> Every single word that y'all say. Some kind of sexual in you window. <laughs> Dome. Oh, Dome. <laughs> 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 you got the hand motion too, John. So, my quick thoughts. Um, it's just it always reminds me of this sexy letter that I co-authored with a friend in sixth grade that got me suspended and it had a diagram in it of a donut and a hot dog and my teacher <laughs> asked me Amber what does this mean and I really did not want to tell her <laughs> I had to explain to my science teacher my science mm. math teacher what the hot dog in the donut meant at the back of this sexy uh, letter that we were trying to help our friend who was a little bit shy get with her crush. And so we wrote this letter on her behalf mm. and we had a lot of um, childish innuendos in there. So that's one of my sh stronger memories about sex and sexuality. And when I literally had to explain it, the first time I had to explain it to somebody else and explain what I knew about the about a donut and a hot dog. <laughs> That's what comes to mind for me. So with that folks off the Georgia Dome, um, we are gonna get, uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna- I didn't say it, it. I knew you was gonna say it, say it. We're gonna go right into it. We're gonna go right into it. We're gonna speed right ahead into this story. So let's go ahead and um, get into it. This is gonna be funny. <laughs> That's the first question, y'all. When so, John, you just said that was when you first learned that you it was your dad. Your dad talked about it, but do you, you said you don't really remember the details? I honestly learned about sex from friends, um, jokes in school. Um, and this was in the 90s, y'all. Y'all remember mm -hmm. the 90s, so. Mm -hmm porn and sex movies and stuff it was the cinemax hbo when your parents went to sleep and you and your friends are over and you glad you know what whoever friends parents had this the hood too so whichever friends parents had cable you was mm -hmm. over their house and you was like oh see if we could come to your house this weekend because your parents got cable and then when they fall asleep you try to turn to the sex movies or whatever but then sometimes it'll be the squiggly line. So you trying to peek to see if you can catch a titty somewhere. <laughs> like it now, was, hold on, pause real quick. Isn't that crazy what TV used to be? Like, you yeah. know, 
Like yeah. I remember the squeaky lines and every now and again it kind of like shows something like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like that was that thing. And you I remember all booty cheek. Yeah, you saw booty or you saw boob, and that's how you knew it was porn on one of those channels because we didn't always have cable either. But on the channel where it was the like squiggly, squiggly, yeah. It's like we we'd watch that when we'd be trying to watch something that we actually did want to see, you know, because it was like mm-hmm. and then you kind of see a scene, but you can hear the audio a little bit. Right. It's such a different time now. Wow. Now it you pull it up here it's it's mm-hmm. right here right there mm-hmm. this case is horrible i know but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like um yeah that's if i'm honest and i think anthony kind of talked about this in the father's day episode as well mm-hmm. he mentioned this um that that's how a lot of us as black men learned about sex you know mm-hmm. that was kind of like our either our first or our some of our main introductions to sex was through, you know, movies and friends and mm-hmm. doing stuff ourselves, you know, either to ourselves or with other little girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, yeah, that's how we, that's how I learned. I remember now that we're talking about it, <clears throat> I had a very nerdy introduction. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I remember that when I was young, I said I wanted to be a doctor. I think probably every kid goes through a phase where they're like, I'm gonna be a doctor. Um, And of course, you know, as soon as you say, oh, I'm gonna be a doctor, you're like four or whatever, your parents are like, yeah, my baby gonna be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, Um, but you know, my parents had these encyclopedias And I think they had like a regular set of encyclopedias that had, you know, like different events that happened, but then they also had like a set of medical encyclopedias. And I can't remember why we had so many encyclopedias, but when I was young, again, like, you know, five or whatever, (laughs) I would sit there and read these encyclopedias, (laughs) only child, whatever. So I remember having like a very, um, medical introduction to sex like there were diagrams in there um there was like pregnancy and so I remember like when I would hear things about sex you know at school or watch movies or whatever um that was like one perspective of sex but then I had also had this other perspective of like oh yes the penis goes in the vagina and then the woman gets pregnant like because I read these encyclopedias like I again, had like this, this very formal knowledge. So I remember by the time I got to 10 and then, or like thereabout, I can't remember exactly what year, but there was like the sex ed class that we had to take in school. And I think my parents had to sign like a letter, like acknowledging that, you know, we were having like sex ed in school. Um, And then when I got home, um, my mom was like, do, do I need to sit you down and have like the birds and bees conversation? And I'm like, you're about five years too late, sis, because mm-hmm. I don't read, <laughs> read all this books. stuff. Right. Wow. You've had like all these encyclopedias and stuff. Plus, I just, you know, took this class or whatever. So I remember that being like one of my first introductions. I also remember mm-hmm. like, of course, most people have the experience of and kind of like what John was saying, like the movies would come on. Yeah. But I didn't grow up in a house where we had multiple TVs. Like, so I couldn't, like, I didn't have like alone time with a TV. It was either we were all watching TV or my parents were watching TV, but it was never like me just watching TV alone. 
Yeah, I, not not usually, not until they started leaving me at home alone when I was like a teenager or like older, like old enough to be left at home alone. Um, so I remember like different movies, like the classic black movies would come on mm. um, <clears throat> and my parents would like send me to my room because I, you know, I was too young <laughs> to watch like, I don't know, like New Jack City or whatever was, was on. Um, and I, I knew that part of it was because the, there was sexual content. The mm. violence wasn't really a big deal, but it was really if there was like a lot of sexual content that they wouldn't want, they wouldn't want me to watch that. Um, so I put like two and two together, like, oh, obviously this movie has, you know, some sexual content. Um, and that was like my other introduction to it, because even though I was like not watching it, they they would have the TV loud, like <laughs> like we were in the movie theater. <laughs> I would I so would hear everything. <laughs> I know what scene this is. <laughs> New Jack City was rough. That was, a, that was a rough movie. So. Yeah, and I didn't watch that until like years later, you know. Mm. So, um, but yeah, like that, I feel like that was like my introduction that I didn't even think about until we started having this conversation. For me too, it wasn't. And mine was not nearly as crystallized as either of you, you all's words, even though like John, you had a conversation and um, Jackie, you read about it. <laughs> I think my, my parents have never had a conversation with me about like literally the, the, the activity um, of we like, never had like the birds and the bees talk. Like, no, yeah. I, I feel, but I'm certain that by fourth or fifth grade, I knew exactly what it was because clearly by sixth grade, I had drawn the diagram of the donut and the hot dog. So by that time, I clearly understood anatomy enough, but I can't say when it made, when it became clear what it was. I think it really just happened over time through movies and stuff, just like how you were experiencing it in some ways too, John, like, like, you know, like watching the Cosby show and then the Huxtables, they like, you know, the music, the, they look at each other like, oh, and then it's like, oh, yeah. They, they, you know how scenes would end right before Make the they implication, yeah. yeah so like the Huxtables would do that. We used to watch Martin a lot. And so, you know, Martin and Gina would always go, he would get on top of her. They would be like, ooh, and then, you know, like the mm-hmm. audience. Would, and I'm like, I think in my childhood mind, something made sense of like two people together doing something, you right. know, or then I would also just see other the movies and things of like people coming together which also says a lot about kind of like the heteronormative way of learning about sexuality mm-hmm. growing up in our era because we did not have a lot of examples of mm-hmm. homosexual love at all or any <laughs> other kind of window of and so that I think that's kind of interesting too and like if if you grew up trying to question something you that in the 90s I'm not sure it would have been when would have been the place for you to have another an alternative example besides mm-hmm. hetero love but anyway so because when I think about it it was always like it was a man and a woman being like ooh or whatever and so um <laughs> I think that's how I remember always feeling kind of a little uncomfortable like you know oh, like when yeah. something would come on I would just kind of feel like a little weird because I'm like oh I think it's sexy time um with people and so I can't say when it clicked 
but it's just like it was piecing it together I think just over time so that by the time I remember my dad had this slight conversation it wasn't a bird and the beast conversation it was a conversation in fifth grade after my fifth grade graduation where he was just like you know you're getting older boys are going to start liking you and then that was pretty much it and I'm like okay that's awkward <laughs> um but it wasn't like a you know what happens or anything like that it was just like boys are going to start liking you so not until I would say the next brand of sex education that I got was at my academy because I went to a Christian academy and then all they showed us was like STDs and stuff so that was like my first introduction to understanding sex it was don't do it look at look at what's going to happen to you you're going to get an std um and look at all these warts and things and so that was also my like real first time of seeing um anatomy outside of myself or outside of like just little little kind of clips and things that i would see so it's just like you have these like penises with warts on it and you have these vaginas with warts on it and all this other kind of stuff that that was scary yeah that was the brand of sex education like literal sex education that I got besides you know, approach yeah mm-hmm. of course more than you know like you know if if um there was like porn on the tv or something that you kind of kind of saw you saw those clips and it was like ah you know the like or something but it wasn't like we would be sitting there watching it for real mm-hmm. um so I don't think I still learned it that way and then I think you know porn is in some ways really just hyperbole and so it doesn't it does it's not a, the best way to learn about sex I think it was just kind of like a it's kind of like watching cartoons in my head to me it just didn't it didn't translate as like this is what it is right. and so um yeah it was just it which as you all were talking to it made me think about how like I think you have you learn about sex and then you also need to learn about anatomy at the same time and I wonder like how much when we talk about sex and when we talk about anatomy and we talk about nudity like how do we like the blending of how we learn about those things because how do you learn about sex without learning about the penis and the vagina you know or and so I'm just kind of like when do we learn about anatomy and yeah I'm like honestly I would I remember seeing something oh my book should have came where did my book maybe I need to I just I actually just bought a book yesterday that was a that's about um women and about our bodies and just celebrating our bodies and about female Ooh. anatomy because I remember seeing something where this sex educator was like how many women basically the idea is this how many women could right now like see a see a diagram of a vagina and a vulva and actually be able to oh, label it label it that's and true. then that's my thing point. and so then I was like well let me try to learn and I'm like Ooh. and then I'm like also could I that could I actually draw a diagram of it myself and yeah. be able to say these are all of the parts of it and so I'm just like there's so much under education in that sense like my exposure was more so vaginas with warts on them than it was the actual anatomy and really understanding what is there what's there because it's not even just the vagina it's the vulva it's the 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 outer lip the inner lip like the clitoris like all of these other pieces that make up the entire like situation mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even not it's not I shouldn't even call it a situation it's the female reproductive system and organ down there like right what do you even call that so for you all <laughs> when did you and how did you learn about just reproductive anatomy and then I remember <laughs> I remember in middle school um I used to be I <laughs> this is crazy this is what 95 96 I remember um as a boy 
And so, and I, I it's funny, I don't, I don't even know how this works for, for girls, but as boys, as you're getting into like 11, 12 years old and you're hitting your puberty years, you know, you wake up literally like on hard every single, well, you on hard all the time, but like, particularly when you wake up in the morning, like, you know, your penis is erect. And so I just remember that always happening. I didn't know why I couldn't talk, talk to my mom about it. Um, I wasn't talking to my mom. I wasn't talking to my dad. I was just kind of embarrassed by it. Um, and I know y'all probably, you know, everybody has heard the stories about kids who are in school and then their penis gets erect and then the teacher asked them to raise, you know, asked them to come to the board and stuff like that. But that was real. Like, those are like real things that have happened. And, you know, I remember learning how to, adjust myself in a way so that it you know I wasn't embarrassed when I stood up or something like that mm -hmm. and I remember being in middle school and it, talking to my friends and girls and boys would be at the table and we would talk about in kind of joking ways you know man I woke up this morning and my dick was this big and all this other kind of <laughs> stuff you know and again not knowing why not knowing what it means we was just saying these things and looking at the girls like do y'all vaginas be like this big when y'all wake up you know, just like, you know, it's like making stupid jokes you know what i'm saying just as, mm -hmm. as kids and girls will be saying you know what 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 is deemed inappropriate when it's really not inappropriate it's really us trying to make sense of our own bodies and so i don't think i really understood um I, I think that probably happened more so outside of like just learning it at five and six, you know, in the more of a less sexual way and just, just knowing mm -hmm. my body and in a more sexual way when I was in middle school and then in high school, you know, learning about the sexual aspects of my anatomy, um, you know, through experiences and through like, wet like wet dream I didn't know what wet dreams was but then mm -hmm. that started happening in high school and I was you know embarrassed and what does this mean and not but there was really nobody to really talk to about that kind of stuff you know what I'm saying um at least I didn't I didn't think so so you typically what we ended up doing was um what most guys most boys ended up doing was just dealing with it not saying anything and then mm -hmm. waiting until there was a time where it would be joked about you know, or somebody, you know, like kind of try to pick up knowledge through jokes and, and, you know, we, we call it ranking in Florida, but ranking Jones and, you know, whatever on each other and pick up ways to kind of make sense of what was happening to our bodies. Um, so, yeah, I guess that answers your question. I, I feel like my clearest memories about, um, learning about anatomy happened in college. And I think specifically because I went to a women's college and so part of the culture- Shout out to Spelman. <laughs> definitely. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, part of the culture of being at a women's college is understanding a lot from like the physical aspect as well as like the um, sociological aspect of like what womanhood is. Um, and it was so funny, Amber, that you brought up like those STD pictures and stuff at, um, at your academy. And I don't remember that from my sex ed class, but I very much remember those images being a part of freshman orientation uh, at 
Yes. <laughs> and wow. so that was probably the most graphic that I had seen. And I, I remember being like shocked, but I also remember my peers, like the ones who were in like the bio <laughs> biochemistry, like the biology majors, even they who had like the medical background and it were, were like, oh, that was a lot. <laughs> Just like the images that they showed and how they talked about it. And I remember them being like, this is real. You know, we are being extremely graphic with you because we don't want this to be your reality as far as like STDs and stuff. And so, yeah, so the pictures they showed us were extremely graphic, but again, like that, I think was part of the context of being at um, a women's college. And so having like a thorough understanding of women's bodies, um, I think that, <laughs> I don't know, this is my perspective. I would wonder if like my schoolmates feel the same, but I feel like from my perspective, it, it, it is equally expected to know, you know, what year the school was founded and the importance of like Spelman as an institution as it is to know like where a vulva is and things like that. So, sorry, y'all's homeboy uh, just heard his homeboy come inside. So <laughs> he just got up got up to go see him but but yeah um I, I think that that was like part of like the culture at being at a women's college so I think those are my clearest yeah. memories about like learning about the body specifically women's bodies so that makes me think about two things things that y'all said one is like the concept of sex as like what is it is it an activity is it romantic is it just a biological thing is it something uh, that it's just a reproductive pathway like like and for me look you know one of my biggest experiences it uh, it was more so portrayed as something that you would do to get something that you don't want and so it's like if this is, if you do this activity, you're going to get these warts, you're going to get chlamydia, you're going to get herpes, these things that you can't ever get away, get away from. And so the way it was presented was not something that, you know, it's just like, what is the sex enterprise itself, you know? And then the other thing, speaking about anatomy, like what you were saying, John, I think it's interesting um, how very at a very young age children may begin to play with themselves and play with their anatomy and, it, and that's just a part of it because they're exploring themselves and so I don't know if you all saw a few months ago it was like a big hullabaloo this little um cartoon that came out from this teacher who who was in New York who was teaching um kids about masturbation and about their private parts oh yeah Have seen I heard that? about that yeah um, I would love for us to take a moment to pause and look at that at, for the next series. I mean, for, not for the next series, but for the next episode to say like what we really think about, like how old is too old? Well, no, how young is too young to learn about sex and to learn about masturbation and all of that. And then even the question of, well, does masturbation qualify as sex? So, um, so is it okay to teach a child about masturbation? And, and because in this video, it says, it tells the children that it's okay to masturbate. And so I think some people would say masturbation is sex. And because you don't want children having sex, then they shouldn't be masturbating. While, whereas other people will say masturbation is not sex. Masturbation is masturbation and children may do it. And it, it's there, it's good for them to explore themselves. So right. that makes me wonder, like, as I bring all of those questions together, I want to 
understand from you all's perspective, like when you learned about sex, what was actually sex to you? Like what was taught to you as sex? Was it vaginal penetration? Was it oral sex? Was it any kind of activity with the penis or the vagina or the vulva? Like what was it portrayed to you and what was the concept of it? Was it beautiful? Was it shameful? Was it something that was wondrous and magical? Like what was it? Um, Jackie, you want to go or you want me to go? <laughs> was, that, was that a hard question? No. I'm still, I think I was still just kind of like gathering my thoughts because as I'm thinking about it, like the, the knowledge was like cumulative in the mm. sense of like, I told y'all like my first recollection was like from this medical, <laughs> this medical perspective of reading these medical encyclopedias. Mm. But then, you know, starting to go to school, hearing like what my peers were saying, watching TV or movies and like seeing what was happening on, you know, there. So there were just like all these little tidbits that I was picking up along the way. I think I don't remember learning about like just any other form of sex other than just like penis and vagina sex. Right. For, like in a, in a formal way. Mm -hmm. So the first time that I think I learned about like what oral sex, anal sex, like any of that was not from any sort of like te like formal teacher. Like no one was like, oh, this is what happens when. It was mm -hmm. definitely from like peers and like movies and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, yeah. So I'm just trying to like think about those two things, like how I started to think about them differently because I didn't even think about like learning about these types of sex thinking and learning about them differently. But now I'm realizing like, yeah, I had like these very different like introductions mm. that shaped how I started to think about them. Um, I definitely thought about like um, P and V sex as like, this is what you do to get STDs and make babies. And then mm -hmm. oral and anal sex was more like, well, this is what we do because you know, we just gonna be out here doing whatever we do. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it wasn't until later until I connected like, oh, all of these things can happen at the same time. Like there can still be STDs and they're like, all of these things can, can like, they're all connected. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I, um, I, I learned about penis and vagina sex uh, through the formal way, like I said, like having that birds and bees talk with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, every other aspect of sex I learned through rap music. <laughs> that was like probably my biggest, in one of my bigger introductions to sex. So <clears throat> like head and eat the booty like groceries. Well, actually, eat the I was going to say groceries. that, eat the booty like groceries. That's in my, That's pretty. In my later years. Okay. Yeah, that was later years, but Trick Daddy had like eat, eat a booty gang or something like that back in like- What? Yeah. It, I it missed that entirely. It wasn't popular, maybe because I was in Florida. But I was going to say, was this like a Florida, like a Florida release? <laughs> you know, we got like issues that? down there. <laughs> but I, I remember Trick Daddy had like the eat a booty thing going on. And at the time, dudes was dudes was barely like, like 
eating vagina. You know what I'm saying? Like dudes was barely having oral sex. So oral sex was already like, like um, um, taboo. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. talking about, you know, eating booty was like going way, way, way out there. Now is, you know, kids live in a much different era. Mm-hmm. So by I you- was, I was just gonna say, shout out to like Gen Z or whoever it is, because mm-hmm. before I think it was very <laughs> taboo to be mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about these, especially for guys, I think. Yeah. But yeah. now guys are all talking about eating booty and wanting to get their booty ate and all right. kinds of stuff, so. <laughs> And it's and it's wild because now we in a place where <laughs> they was I think I was watching the Breakfast Club, and they was talking about how DJ Khaled said that he doesn't go down on his wife, and everybody was like coming down on him like who you think you is how you don't go down on your wife how you don't hook her yes. up and she do what she done had your kids nigga she done did all yes. this how you don't go down on her and yes. women were like they, leave him sis right, <laughs> leave him was like, oh, you, that's grounds for divorce. <laughs> I did not see that whole thing. Like, you know, I oh keep going, John. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You jump in. I distinctively remember another way that I learned about sex was on Comic View. Did y'all used to watch Comic View from being Comic Yes, I completely <laughs> forgot about Comic View. My parents love yes. Comic View. And yeah, we were supposed to be out of the room by then. But you know, me and my sister mm-hmm. and my brother, we just oh, kind of sneaking in. Kinda, like <laughs> Just trying to like disappear and fade into the background so that our parents wouldn't notice that we're still in the room with them as like <laughs> change and it gets later and later. So I remember so there are so much so many sexual jokes. Um, and I remember just little I, things. I, and I think one. that's how I learned a lot. And I and I remember distinctly learning about downtown in '69 because they would always talk about that on Comic View. I didn't know what it meant though, but I knew it was something sexy and nasty kind of and that was so I remember downtown like from from men going downtown that was like a taboo thing but then when people would say 69 I'm like I never knew what a 69 was I I think it took me years to learn I'm pretty sure I didn't learn about what a 69 was until high school or maybe even college I was like so I don't understand what do you mean a 69 like what is happening um and so um I just (laughs) That's so funny. So I remember, I remember downtown being just a thing that one would say, like, man, I remember hearing male comedians say, like, well, I'm going to go downtown. And the audience just uproar. And not until high school did I really start. No, it was middle school because I remember there was a girl who was giving head to some other kids, some kids or something. And so there was this thing about like, what is head? And I'm like, well, head, head is all these different things. And then I'm like, also head, women can get head too. And what is head for women? Because they don't have anything else. So what is, what is happening? What I, I don't understand. And so I still don't think it really crystallized for me until high school and probably after college to really understand like what is actually happening with because again this is me not completely understanding the female anatomy not really understanding the clitoris so I'm just like is he just like licking up in there like in the vagina like hole or something because that's all in in my brain all it was was just vagina hole I didn't really know about the clitoris until for a very long time so I'm not realizing that downtown or oral sex for women also involves playing with the clitoris in some kind of way so I didn't I mean I didn't piece this stuff together until well into college yeah so it's it's interesting you talk about comedy because there's this and if this is about to get explicit people listening so whatever 
feel free to fast forward or whatever. But this is a, I remember this parental advisory on this episode, right? Parental right. advisory, and I mean we we've, we've said words and stuff before on Street yeah. Academy. Y'all be all right. Y'all grown. Anyway, so I remember this one joke I used to tell. So my 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 my, my mom and dad were very similar to y'all. Like I wasn't allowed to watch Martin when it when it was out and the Simpsons because of the jokes and the language and the sexual innuendos and they weren't like you said Jackie they weren't too bad about violence like they didn't really care about that which is interesting that's another whole conversation now yeah. parents was okay yeah. with violence but not with you know sex yeah. and, and language and mm -hmm. it's like so you don't want me to hear fucking shit but you want me to see people just like shooting each yeah. other? Back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I would much rather my daughter curse and say "bitch ass hoe" than to be, you know what I'm saying, shooting shit up. You know what right, I'm right. Like so, um, but that's a whole nother conversation. But, mm -hmm. but, um, but they obviously they grown, and so my dad was big on comedy, and he used to have these HBO. Um, he had Def Comedy Jam on HBO, mm -hmm. and so. What he would do is, or what I would do is when um, he would go to sleep, you know, or take naps in between jobs, um, I'll wait till he was like good and like not first into his sleep, but like 15, 20, 30 minutes into his sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I would go and I would go through his his VHS tapes and I would pick out all the different play the tape. And I was watching them. And what I would do is I would remember all like the Chris Tucker jokes, Bernie Mac jokes, Martin jokes, and then go back to school and I would tell them in like at lunch at recess in class and be wow. packing everybody up because i knew they probably wasn't allowed to listen to this either and it was one joke i used to tell i didn't know what i was saying this was a bernie mac joke and he told this story he said um and i mean this is gonna be this is not nowhere near as funny as how he tells it but uh there was a joke where he says you know what I don't like women these days. Women these days, they just they just feel like they could just say anything to you. Like they just come up and just say stupid shit, right? Like I had this sister, she came up to me one time and you know, I'm just chilling, you know, like a Mac, like I do, you know, I'm just chilling. And she come up to me, she say, hey Mac, I say, hey. He, uh, she said, I want to ask you a question. I say, sure. She say, Mac, tell me something. Does pussy taste like pumpkin pie? <laughs> and he say, I was offended. How the fuck she just gonna come up and ask me some question like that? Does pussy taste like pumpkin pie? I ain't never had no pumpkin pie. <laughs> I used to tell that joke all the time. <laughs> I used to tell that joke all the time and put his the whole cafeteria cracking up. I ain't know what I was talking about. I ain't know what I was saying. I was gonna ask, did other people know what you were talking about? No, none of us. Probably <laughs> some of us had probably done it by that point, but most of us had not. You know what I'm saying? But it was Ooh. just it was funny it sounded funny and so it's interesting you say that because i used to uh because that's how i learned a lot through like comedy and like all that other stuff so yeah <laughs> something new something new i learned about sex um i'm gonna have to go back through my little uh I told y'all that, so I, there's one page that I follow that I very much enjoy. It's Afrosexology and it's like a sex I love that one too. Oh, that is, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen like that. They page. just be dropping like little bits of information that like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. But I can't remember the last thing that I learned on there. So you I'm know, like, oh, I can't tell something so. that I learned more recently, like within the last six months 
was all of the different types of orgasms that you can have. Um, speaking, they were speaking from um, a woman's perspective and like how you can have an orgasm just straight from nipple stimulation. Some people get can do that. Like that's all, it's just like straight nipple stimulation and you will get an orgasm. Um, and like other just like, there's like a full body orgasm. There's um, more, I don't know, what were the other ones? I can't even remember them all, but just knowing like all of the different types and the ways that you can get there, they're all different. And that the majority, this isn't as new, but like within the past like six or seven years, I learned that just so many women don't actually have orgasms at all or have never actually experienced a full orgasm. And I'm like, this is not gonna be my life. Um, so that's why I'm like, I wanna understand all of the different types that you can have so that I can actually feel this complete pleasure. So for me, that that was a more recent thing. It's just all the different types that you can have and like how some women can just like straight get an orgasm just from nipple play, which that's exciting to me. <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember <clears throat> this movie um, called The um, The Untouchables, um, but I saw it like years and years ago. It's like my, like, I think it probably is my favorite movie. Um, it's like a French movie and then Kevin Hart remade it. It's it's about um, a rich white man who is a quadriplegic. I couldn't remember if it was quadriplegic or paraplegic, but he's a quadriplegic who then hires like this black guy to become his caretaker. And I have heard of that. Okay. Oh, yes. yeah. So in the oh yes, know, the guy from Lupin is in it. Yes, I watched yes. it. Well, I love you it. watch you Lupin. Yes. Okay. It that's a whole nother a whole nother topic because I love that show. But um, there was one part in the movie. Of course, he's quadriplegic, but the guy that Kevin Hart plays in the uh, U.S. version, he hires some prostitutes. And so they're in there and they like play with the guy's ears. Mm -hmm. um, and so apparently like that was another, another way. And I was like, oh, news to me. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I don't know if it was just because he was quadriplegic or if this is just like a general rule. A general thing of playing mm -hmm. with ears. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I learned recently, this might've been like a month or two ago, that if if you're having sex with a woman and she is emitting like a certain white, like if there's like a white fluid that's coming out of her vagina, um, if it's like thick, I can't remember which is which, but if it's like, if it's thick and creamy, then she's more, more likely to get pregnant. And if it's more like a milky kind of, emission then if she's less likely like you can basically like you can ejaculate inside her and she probably won't get pregnant so there was like a like there's um and this is what somebody told me who has like a, a, a biology background and they were telling me this um i didn't look it up so i don't know how true it is you know this cannot be true so don't come at me in the comments or anything this is just something i was told um but yeah, like different types of, of emission mean something different about how ready she is, you know, to, yeah. to, to be pregnant. Um, but I actually don't, like I remember growing up and even like in middle school and high school or, or even college, not knowing about the different like fluids that can come out of a woman's vagina. 
right? I, I remember not knowing about that until probably like more recently, you know what I'm saying? Outside of like, you know, maybe in, in high school, you're hearing about like women getting wet, which means they're ready or they're horny. That's like equivalent to guys getting hard or whatever. But outside of that, like other types of emissions that women um, that come out of women's vaginas or is it their vulvas? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that that is something I, I didn't know about. Oh, go ahead, Amber. I was gonna, what were you gonna say? Go. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna confirm that because yes. um <clears throat> I use a birth control app, not like a pill or anything like that. And so the things that I have used, including like the app and the menstrual cup have helped me like identify like what some of those like consistencies are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, that that like um, emission changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it a, is it a discharge? Is it an emission? Um, but it, it definitely changes throughout the course of a month. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. for two years strong now. So, yeah. That's, that's something I learned. It was one time when I went to a period party. Um, and I forget the name of the woman. Uh, what was her name? Emma? What'd you say? What is a period party? A period party was where it was this woman. She, I think it was called like Black Moms Blog, something like that, where she was just bringing women together to talk to, for to raise period awareness and to also have young girls there to talk about their periods. Um, well, not just their periods, but learn about what it means to have a period um, mm-hmm. and to not have shame attached to it. Because, you know, there, there's like, I think there's like either a period awareness month or a period awareness day because periods are also a taboo topic. Um, and therefore also products that are related to periods are also very taboo. And, um, you know, in this age of us all being a whole lot more empowered and also black women being more in, involved in entrepreneurship, people are finding solutions for these issues that we've been dealing with forever, which is like so many women have have. have have strained relationships with their bodies because of their periods. Um, and also they don't know how to actually just manage a period at all. And you just have, it's just general lack of body awareness, seriously. Um, and so this was this period party and I was intrigued. I was like, yes, like, let's talk about it. Cause that could be a whole nother conversation. Uh, Jackie, just talking about like periods and menstruation and the menstruation cycle. Um, and like, even like how many years we can go without really knowing what does it mean for a woman to menstruate? And even like John saying like, oh, I think, you know, like this is what this means it's like this should be like pretty basic knowledge that we just do not get because this is very common this is super super common but anyway so we were I was at this period party and actually it was Mayling Tapp who was talking about like fertility charting or kind of like birth charting because um her preference is to not use like um you know, the traditional contraceptives of like, you know, IUD and stuff, because there's so much harm that can come with those things and so much changing of your hormones and stuff. And so there are ways to naturally track your cycle um, that don't involve any of that. And one of them that she was talking about was noting the uh, viscosity of your discharge throughout the month. And so, because like when it's, I think she said like, when it is a little looser, then that is not when you're necessarily ovulating. Now, don't quote me on this because I don't remember it all, but when it's a little thicker, that 
that means that it's more ready to like hold on to the semen or the sperm so that you yeah. can't be pregnant, that you can't get pregnant. So it's just like, those are little things that it's just like, yo, it would be really helpful to know this. So you can actually track your ovulation and all of that. And, and it, it's also an indicator probably of when you're going to be more aroused because during the months, I mean, during the period of the month when you are you know, trying to get where your body's like, yes, put a baby inside of me. <laughs> you're probably going to be a lot more horny during that period. And that's probably a good time. So, you know, if you're family planning to you know, schedule some sexy sex time with your partner um, or other time, it's just, it's so much with it. And it was so rewarding to be there. Also the founder of Honeypot. Do you all know Honeypot? Oh, yeah, Honeypot. Yeah, she was there. She was there talking about it and talking about how like, you know, all of the, so many menstrual products are not made by women people with vulvas um, at all and there's so many chemicals inside of them and those chemicals are what contribute to the harsh experiences that people have with their peers and with their cycles and it's just you know it's so much it's just so much unawareness that comes with all of that so um that's definitely a thing john and it connects back to just our general awareness of like I feel like there's growing for me growing up in the church it's like the whole nether regions area it's just like bad bad like don't learn anything about it pretty much it's like you kind of learn something you learn what not to do um but I don't learn what to do with it so it's just like okay a period you just got to make sure you don't bleed everywhere but even with that it's just like we don't really talk about it you don't really talk about like um what it means to feel good like even even the question of masturbation is it sex or not sex i've heard people say well like you know coming from the church it's like well masturbation is sex with yourself and if you're having sex with yourself then that's definitely unholy kind of thing and it's just like well does sex actually require you know another entity is sex a, is sex a spiritual connection between multiple people and if it is then I, it's no way for me to have sex if I'm masturbating by myself. I just feel like all of those questions kind of remain unanswered. And especially from the church's standpoint, it's just like all of it's bad. You don't learn about none of it. And I just feel like it's time that we start just talking about it straight up so that we can be free in this whole thing. Because I want to learn about it all because I think it should be common knowledge that it's just like, yes, during a woman's 28 day-ish cycle, these are her different things. And that whoever her partner is should know about those things. Like, this is this is normal in the same with like period commercials using blue um using blue liquid to depict blood and it's just like this is not the truth of it. it's it's kind of like this goes back to you know it's being a patriarchal society and things misogynistic and anything that's related to a woman supposedly is nasty and dirty so you don't talk about period in the actual commercial we're just going to try to like have people not be offended by it being blood so we're going to make it a blue liquid instead and i always wondered that i'm like this doesn't make sense why is it a blue liquid it is blood it is red and it's very red um so anyway that was a mouthful but there's a whole lot there. And, and while we were talking, I pulled up an article about like 24 different types of orgasms. And I'm just interested in that. Like you have the vaginal orgasm, the clitoral orgasm, the G-spot orgasm. They have a U-spot. I don't even know what a U-spot is. Never heard of that. Oh, it's close to the urethra. I also have recently done some more research on squirting and what it means to squirt for a woman and what that actually is and what um, the squirt fluid is actually create, I mean, composed of. I feel like there's so much more for me to learn. <laughs> and and uh, and I, I've heard about the, um, and know about the, the different 
uh, levels of orgasms and different types. I didn't know it was 24 of them, but different types of <laughs> orgasms for, for women. And I know that there are, there are levels, but I think something that I think a lot of women don't know about men is that men have levels of orgasms as well. Absolutely. And I think, so. I, I think, and this is, this goes to a larger kind of conversation about how society just makes men seem so barbaic, archaic and, and simple. You know, um, guys are simple. They just want football, beer, and sex. You know what I'm saying? And it's just the same thing. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, and food. And that's it. And food, right? <laughs> and, and, right, like wings. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all we want. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, you know, it, there are these, like, levels of orgasms even for, for men, right? Mm -hmm. And that just because a man ejaculates or comes or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that this was like there's different levels to those as well i i don't know if there are 24 of them and i don't even know if there's even any information on that but that would be interesting to um to also see as well just now i do know that the woman's vagina i believe i don't want to say i know but i believe that the woman's vagina is more complicated and not just the vagina but because i know there's other parts there's like the vagina then there's the vulva and then there's the clitoris and then there's like a whole bunch of other parts in the in the reproductive area but and so it is complicated it has like eight thousand nerve endings i think in the clitoris yep. more mm -hmm. than in the um than on the tip of of the man's penis um so it is much more detailed and much more complex um but the male sex organ is complex as well and mm -hmm. so i think it is but i think when we put push forth these ideas that men are just these very simple they don't require much you know kind of creatures and then some men just fall into that and not really challenge that then mm -hmm. that goes into sexuality as well and what men and women think about male sexuality well that's one of my questions so this is what i was going to say to our audience we are looking for a sex expert who's also pro-black um a person of the african diaspora and who we can invite on the show and ask some general sex questions too um, we would love that so if you know anyone or would love to connect us with someone please email us let us know what's the email address john the email address is street academy podcast at gmail.com i believe that I or street academy podcast one okay or just comment on one of our posts um right. or dm us about this episode or dm us because we would love to have an expert in on here to answer some of your sex questions and well we're gonna get somebody on this podcast to talk about this because um there's so much more to learn so much more that we can talk about and we want to talk about it at the street academy podcast so with that what are our takeout boxes for this episode mm. what's yours amber my takeout box is I want to get into some encyclopedias like baby Jackie was to start reading for myself. So in the mail right now is this book called The Girl Guide. That's what I mentioned earlier by this. Um, I guess I could say like this. She's a I don't know what we would call, I would call her, but her name is Marwa and she is a roller skater and she's a performer <laughs> and I guess she's an author too. And I just follow her on Instagram. I think she's really cool. I also bought her um, roller skates and that was whew, my first shot at trying to ride those roller skates. Like I'm not a skater at all. And that'll be some future episode conversation about what it feels like to get back in there and just, I don't know, like 
habit formation and learning new things and trying new things. It's just, I mean, it's not that I can't roller skate, but it's just, anyway, the point is the girl guide. I just want to read more. That's what I think I'm, I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you just have to sit there with yourself and just read and diagram and figure stuff out by yourself. Um, but not just by yourself. We're here in community too, but I feel in, I feel like that's what I want to do next when it comes to just learning more and more about sex. It's just, just to read and to just start diagramming stuff. Cause I do want to be able to diagram uh, the reproductive anatomy myself. So that's my takeout box. I think I'm just thinking about um, how we piecemealed all this information together, you know, just like as we were going up, gathering it from different places and now realizing that there's just so much so many more places where people can get information from. Some of the information is gonna be accurate, some of it is not gonna be accurate, but um, it's just making me think about how we should do a better job of making sure that the folks who are coming up behind us have um, nowhere to find like positive, accurate, non-scary <laughs> information. Yeah as they are beginning to like explore and, and form their own sorts of like thoughts and opinions about sex. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about my daughter um, and just hearing you all as, you know, women um, and how you understood sex and as opposed to the, the way that I did, as a as a boat as a man, you know, a boy then a man now. Um and but also and so also trying not making sure that as my daughter gets older, I don't inform her or teach her solely based on my experiences because it's it may be likely that she may not learn in the same way that I learned, not just because we're coming from two different generations, but also because, like, I don't want to say when she turns eight, oh, well, I learned about it this way. She's probably going to learn about it this way. But mm -hmm. from a modern day standpoint, and it's like, no, it's probably going to be totally different just because she's a girl, you know. And so I have to make sure that I'm always keeping that intersectional framework at play. Um as a girl, she's gonna have these very, you know, unique experiences that I won't understand. Um, at the same time, don't allow that to make me scared and fearful of trying to understand and know and engage with her about her, you know, upcoming sexuality and mm -hmm. and and ideas and things like that. So, um, and I've, I've tried to actually even now, like have conversations with her about her body and, you know, like when I'm bathing her or something like that, and she'll, she'll be four in what, in August. So, well, now she bathes herself, but when she was little and I would bathe her, like, huh? Time flies. I know, right? I know she's going to be four wow. in August, <laughs> but um, yeah, I would have conversations like, hey, don't let nobody touch you here. And, you know, this is a no, no zone or this is your private parts or something like that, you know, and just trying to think about ways in which I can incorporate. Because I think I asked a friend, um, when should I start talking to my daughter about sex? And they was like, she was like two at the time. And they was like, now, like, you can do it in a very simple way, but you know, do it. And so I did. And it was uncomfortable. It was weird <laughs> as a daddy. But I was like, listen, 
I'll be uncomfortable now, but I want my daughter to to have a better understanding and an appreciation for her body and and you know feel empowered in her body and you know to make certain decisions mm -hmm. um better as she gets older than maybe previous generations so there's a book i might still have it john if i have it then you could have it because i you know i don't have any use for it but i bought it um because there was like a reading like a read to the kids type activity at schools and so I, I would always like buy books with black characters um just to make sure that they have it and the book is called don't touch my hair mm. but even though it's about so it's about this little black girl who has like this big chrome people keep like petting her mm. um so of course you know that resonated with me but I think just in talking about you know just in like talking about the book like it wasn't just about hair it's like you have control over your body like right. don't let people touch you over your body and I think like that was a good way to introduce just consent generally I like to kids. that so we're gonna keep going hey that being said all hearts and minds are are, are we clear is it are we good are we are I'm we good light right now everybody good Good. Have we stripped ourselves? You know, I was gonna say so. Stripped <laughs> <laughs> oh, ourselves of the social uh, uh, um, expectations around sex, and allowed ourselves to dance around the pole of freedom. God, liberation. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> and allow and allow acceptance to rain down like dollar bills at Magic City. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Yes. Only John. <laughs> yes. Y'all go watch Behind the Pole on All Black TV. It's oh, this it's this yeah, new uh it's this new, what is it called? Um uh reality show about women who were like former strippers. Uh -huh. they have like these new lives it's like a love and hip-hop for like former strippers and former strippers and I was watching an interview about it it was wild but it was so funny and I said I think I need to I think I need to watch this or at least one episode just to see what they talk about oh I'm curious it's called behind the pole oh wow yeah and mo I think most of the strippers are like they have work in Magic City and so that's where they got a lot of them from Anyway, it's been another episode, y'all. Street Academy Podcast, where we keep one foot in the academy and one foot in the street. Z, we are out. Enjoy sex. Peace. That's it. Hashtag. Hashtag enjoy sex. On the streets and in the academy. <laughs> That's you a whole nother episode. Enjoy sex. But you know, got their feet apart. The neck of the haters, the game and the devil. Like enjoy sex on the street. You might be stopped by the cops. So <laughs> and if you enjoy sex in the academy, you might lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep those things in mind. Speaking of, who was that sister? Um, Bell Hooks. Did she talk about how she used to have, she, she got a whole researching book about how she used to have sex with her students. For real? Yes. Go, you could Google it. Yeah, she got it, she got it in her book. Yeah. See, that's what we can talk about. Sexual experiences with her students, yeah. That's that's not 
That's not okay. I'm but already the way she frames it is interesting. She, she friends a real R. Kelly like or something? No, no, no. She no 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 they're not underage. They're, they're like adult okay. students. Yeah, adult students. But still there's a power dynamic. I feel like yeah. anytime there's yeah, a power definitely. dynamic. I feel like anytime there's a power dynamic, you really have to be careful about engaging in sexual activities with somebody who could be considered beneath you in or so as a subordinate or something. Like yeah. that to me is dangerous territory. That is an abuse of power. I believe it was Bell. Don't quote. I believe it was Bell Hooks, and she, but she, she's a race, gender, sex, you know, philosopher, scholar. But yeah, I think she she talks about that in in her. I research. hold myself until we find out exactly what that is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Check it out though. All opinions because I don't know what it is. So mm -hmm. make sure 